The end of the world. It's rather a fascinating subject, isn't it? And it's not a fascinating subject because we know so much about it, but because it's so mysterious that we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, we don't know much about it, we don't even know when it's going to occur. And recently I found myself Googling exactly how many different predictions have come to be as far as when the end of the world will take place. And imagine my surprise whenever I found that there were not just one or two or maybe perhaps ten, but dozens and dozens of different predictions on exactly when the world was going to end. Most in the past, some in the present, and a few in the future. That there's just this list, it was so ponderous. But there's a point to it. Because wouldn't it be great to know the end of the world? Wouldn't it be awesome to know exactly that time whenever our Lord's going to come again? Wouldn't we be able to do so much? Because perhaps we could schedule all of these different things that we need to get done. That we could visit with all of our friends, our family members, we could get the bucket list completely checked off. We could do a lot of different things if we just knew that time when it was coming. But that's not the reality of life. Because we know day to day in our existence, so many unexpected things happen. That we know that even in our work or when we're at school or even whenever we're going just through our daily routine, that so many different unexpected things happen. And even our Lord himself tells us that his own coming will be unexpected. But do we prepare nonetheless? And that's really the question and the theme that we're given to reflect upon on this first Sunday of Advent. Are we preparing well for this season, and are we preparing well for the coming of Christ? Not just at Christmas time, but also whenever he comes again for all of us in the second coming. We start off this morning with the book of the prophet Isaiah, and Isaiah is often known as the messianic prophet, that he's the one that often typifies exactly what it is to point towards Christ and tell that he is coming. And indeed, he does that this morning in a beautiful way. So he speaks about this time whenever the mountain of the Lord will rise above all of the other hills and all of the different areas and even other mountains. And this is not just something of a sort of feature that we could observe, but it's rather a spiritual one, that it's a spiritual reality that in fact Jesus Christ himself is going to rise out of the midst of all of these other leaders, all of these different rulers, and he will be the one to lead them all. And in fact, he's going to be the one that will instruct the people that he's going to draw all nations to himself in a way that no other leader and no other ruler has ever done before. And so he, in fact, is that mountain. But there's more to this because we see that it's not just about him drawing all people to himself, but notice exactly how they feel whenever this is occurring. That they were once in war, that they were once, they had all of these spears, these swords, all of these different things. And because of the peace that Christ brings to their midst, all of a sudden things change. And so they're beating their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks because they don't need them anymore. They've entered into this time of eternal peace and this time of security. And that's something that Christ is able to provide. But Isaiah simply gives the Israelites and the entire nation of Israel this simple encouragement at the very end. Oh Israel, let us walk in the light of the Lord that he's reminding them that they have to make this choice, this deliberate attempt to follow God, that it's not just something that's going to be forced upon them, but rather they have to choose to live with Christ. They have to choose to approach that holy mountain, that there is in fact some sort of preparation that's due to this fact. 
Then we move on to St. Paul in his letter to the Romans. And here he is also aware of that simple fact that time is ticking on. Because he reminds those Romans that they are closer now to that point of salvation than they were before. And indeed, I think any of us could come to that conclusion that as the seconds of a clock count down, that each of us are coming closer to that moment when we're going to meet Christ. And so as that point stands, it's very valid, and it's something that St. Paul wants to remind them of because he doesn't want them to be caught unaware. But he's trying to get them to do it not out of fear, not out of this sort of anxiety, but he's trying to get them to do it to prepare. And so he's trying to tell them to cast off those things of darkness and to put on those things of light, to indeed pursue all of the virtues, all of the different things that Christ would have them do, and to put aside those things of darkness, those works, those different things that make us drowsy, the ways that they might shield us from seeing God face to face. And so St. Paul's reminding them to put all of these things to the side and to rather start to seek after Christ and to seek after that light. Because it's not just about this world, is it? But in fact, it's about the world that is to come. And so St. Paul, when he's speaking to the Romans, he's trying to remind them that now's that time because you know very well that that day of the Lord is coming, even though we know not when it is. But he's trying to remind them that nonetheless, even though we don't know exactly when it is, we know that it's coming closer. And so there's this need to continually work and to continually renew our hearts and our souls because that moment is approaching and it will one day arrive. Then finally we arrive at the Gospel of Matthew, and because we're in a new liturgical cycle at this point, we're going to be following the Gospel of Matthew for the rest of this entire liturgical year. But we're starting off here just with Jesus reminding us of that simple fact, that there will be a day that approaches, and it's unexpected, when all of a sudden the end of the world will come. And he's trying to really illustrate this point and drive it home because he goes through all of these different examples. Because he tells about two men that are working out in the field. One's taken, the other's left. Two women that are grinding at the mill. One was taken, the other left. That it's so abrupt that they didn't even realize that it was that day. That they went about their usual routine. They were going about what they would normally do. And yet that coming still happened. There was no sign, there was no sort of preface to it, but instead it happened right there, right then, and it did it without warning. But then he also gives this idea that when we expect that, that we should actually be preparing ourselves, because he does note this second part. Whenever he's speaking about that thief that comes, that the master of the house would not let his house be broken into if he knew the thief was coming. But here's the catch. That indeed, if the master of the house did know that if the thief was coming, he would have stayed there. But the thing is that Jesus is reminding us that that thief is coming, that that thief is going to come at the end of time, and that eventually he's going to come for each and every one of us. And so he's trying to remind us that we should be getting our house in order. We should be protecting all of those things that matter because that day is coming. It'll be much like Noah and the flood, that whenever that day came, they weren't aware of it, that they weren't paying attention and in fact some people were not quite prepared that they were indeed going about their usual routine but the flood still came anyway and that's a reality of life that we know that the end of our time is coming that we know the end of the world is a reality that someday we will face we don't know when we don't know if it's next week we don't know next year or even within decades from now that we don't know that reality but we still know that it's there But the season of Advent actually invites us not to look at this in a particular way, but to rather see it in the light of Christ, to see it as that promise of hope. 
Because the first question I would ask each and every one of us to consider this morning is this. Whenever we know the end of the world is coming, whenever we know that Christ is coming again, are we filled with hope and expectation, or are we filled with horror, or are we filled with fear and anxiety? Because that's a reality that we should be facing. That's a reality that we should be preparing for. But so often in life, we can start to think that we're not quite prepared yet, or we simply kind of kick the can down the road. And yet, nonetheless, there's still this need to continue to prepare our hearts and our souls for that moment, so that we, don't, we aren't filled with fear and anxiety when we face that moment, but rather that we're filled with that hope and that expectation. But look also at the prophet Isaiah. Whenever he's speaking about that mountain of the Lord, whenever he's speaking about it rising above all the other mountains and all the other hills, that all the people come streaming towards it, that they see that they're wanting to live in that light, that they want to beat all of their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks because they're entering into a time of peace. They're entering into a time of security. They're entering into a time of hope. And I dare say, my brothers and sisters, as we look around this world today, we live in a world that needs that hope, that it needs the light of Christ now more than ever before. And we should be first and foremost the ones who capture that light. We should be looking at exactly what Jesus promises if we're continuing to pursue and to put our relationship with him above everything else. Because if we do that, then we can start to see that peace and that security starting to take hold in our hearts and our souls right here and right now. That it's not just something that will happen to us down the road, but it's something that's very near and very proximate to us. But it's a reminder of that beautiful moment, because whenever the end of time comes, it shouldn't be a moment of fear and trepidation, but it should rather be a moment of hope and expectation, a moment of joy, because we finally meet Christ the Lord. And that indeed is this entire season of Advent, because this first week celebrates that simple idea that we should be filled with that hope of that expectation of the coming of Christ. Not just at Christmas time, but especially whenever he comes again at the end of time. That this is a season of preparation, and it's a season that's reminding us of that need to continue to prepare our hearts and our souls. But also that fact of the matter is that whenever we approach that coming, we don't know when the second coming of Christ is going to happen. And that's where Jesus in the gospel enters in. Because he's reminding us of just how sudden that approach was. That there were two people out in the field, there were two women that were in the mill, and that they were just going about life as normal, but nonetheless that end of time came anyway. That it was something that was unpredicted, it was something that was unexpected, but it still happened. And that speaks to that need to still prepare our hearts and our souls. That we shouldn't be looking at it with fear and anxiety, or we shouldn't be looking at it with trepidation, but we should rather be preparing our hearts and our souls because we know that moment's coming for each and every one of us someday. We know not when, we know not where, but we know that it's coming. And so whenever we look at the gospel, Jesus is giving us that simple encouragement to continue to prepare our hearts and our souls. But then the question comes, how do we do that? And St. Paul in the Romans really answers that question, because he knows that that time is coming, and it's now closer than the moment we were first born, or the moment whenever Christ came a long time ago, that he knows the moment of our salvation is drawing ever closer, and so he wants us to repair our hearts and our souls now. And so what that looks like is putting aside those works of darkness, putting aside those sins, especially those that we continue to struggle with, that over the next four weeks we're given this season of preparation that we can continue to work on maybe one or two or maybe even three of those sins and just work in an extra deliberate way, trying to put those things to the side because we know that they're darkness and they don't make room for the light of
light of Christ. So maybe that's where Christ is calling us to prepare our hearts and our souls. Just putting aside maybe one or two of those areas of darkness and really working on capturing ourselves, that virtue and that light of Christ in a particular way. Or maybe there's some particular practice that we'd like to pick up. Maybe we'd like to come to Mass maybe one extra time a week. Or maybe it's time for us to read some scripture. Maybe it's time for us to pick up the daily gospel every single day during the season of Advent and to prepare our hearts and our souls for that coming of Christ. Or maybe even just doing an extra work of charity. Because we know that we live in that hope and that expectation. It's not just for us, but it's something that we should continue to manifest to the entire world. And we should do it in exactly the way that we carry ourselves and the ways that we can continue to practice our Christianity, our belief, and we show that we are a people of faith. Because the reality is that the end of the world is coming, my brothers and sisters. We don't know when it is that we've seen countless predictions, maybe even dozens of them, as I saw in the list on the internet that day. But it's not really up to us to determine that time. It's not for us to worry about, but it's rather for us to worry about the fact that it is coming. It is coming closer day by day. We should be preparing our hearts and our souls in that season of hope, in this season of Advent, so that whenever that time comes, that we will be ready. Because that simple reminder from the prophet Isaiah, O Israel, walk in the light of the Lord. That should really be our goal and our mantra for the next few weeks, that we continue to seek after that time when the Son of Man will come. We may not know exactly when he's going to do that, but we know that we still need to prepare our hearts and our souls for that time when he does come again. So my brothers and sisters, we've just started off into the season of Advent. It's that time of preparation. It's the time to renew our hearts and our souls to prepare them for that time when Jesus does come again. So let us continue to be aware of that time. It's not like the end of time. It's not something that we can gauge or something that we can guess at when it's going to occur. But it's rather for us to live in that hope and that expectation of Christ so that when he comes, we'll be ready. We don't know the hour when the Son of Man will come. That's not for us to worry about, but let's rather put ourselves in those works of light and continue to seek after that hope that Christ wishes to provide, especially when he comes again.